2: 2025 QX80 coming this summer.
3: Tired of restless nights? At Lisa, we know good sleep is essential for mental, physical, and emotional health. From memory foam mattresses to hybrids that keep you cool all night long, Lisa's mattresses offer exceptional comfort and support with free delivery and 100 nights to try out your mattress in the comfort of your home. For a limited time, save up to $700 off select mattresses plus two free pillows. Go to lisa.com slash iHeart for an additional $50 off mattresses and select goods. Exclusions apply. See lisa.com for more details.
2: This is Pro Football Blitz with former Super Contest winners Brady Cannon and James Salinas on vSAN, the sports
4: betting network.
5: Welcome in. It is the Pro Football Blitz right here on VEASAN and the sports betting network. I am Brady Cannon, live from the Circa Resort and Casino in downtown Las Vegas. My partner, James Salinas, is along via Denver, Colorado, as we get ready to spend the next three hours Wrapping up week 16 in the NFL and James happy NFL Sunday to you. Merry Christmas to you and your family once again. But we have got uh, the final game on the Sunday card getting ready to kick off in about 15 minutes from now in Dallas, the 10 and four Cowboys hosting the six and eight Washington football team. Now the Cowboys won round one of this divisional rivalry, 27 to 20, just two weeks ago, In Washington, the Cowboys, they have clinched a playoff spot. And actually earlier today, they clinched the NFC East division title, oddly enough, with the Raiders victory over the Denver Broncos. Now, Washington is still not out of it, but they probably have to win out the rest of the season to have a chance. I made this line seven and a half in favor of the Cowboys, and it opened up 10. My stats turned out Cowboys minus 10 and also Cowboys minus seven and a half. Washington saw some money early on Sunday morning, and this got down to nine. I thought it was even going to tick to eight and a half. But now the Dallas money has come back. And where we sit currently, Dallas minus 10 with a total of 46. What are your thoughts on this one coming up in
6: prime time? Yeah, I see some ten and a half. So more money continuing to come on prime time. We know they're going to bet the favorites and fire on the over. That number's ticking up too, as far as the totals concerned. See some forty six and a and out here in some books in Colorado. Here's where I'm looking at the matchup here. Yes, it's round two from the Washington perspective to try to get themselves. Yes, probably have to win out in the NFC to get into a, one of those wild card spots in that conference, but just the matchup alone if you look at where washington is coming off the short week against philadelphia a really bruising game that's the kind of game when you're playing obviously division games are always going to be a battle and then you're going to play a team like philadelphia that is very physical on both fronts of the line of scrimmage and it took its toll on washington in that second half as they wore them down did the philadelphia eagles rushing the football now you're going to have a short week you're going to be traveling again now you're going into big d and you're really shorthanded from this perspective here with the Washington. is to start on the defense. Their top two linebackers, Holcomb and Jamin Davis, will not be in the lineup tonight. They're missing multiple DBs. Collins is out for the season. Jackson and Everett are obviously not going to be there either. So you're thin in the secondary and then up front. And that I think that's what's got me going the route that I'm going to go with this game. Up front for Washington on the offensive side, you're going to be starting backups, very inexperienced backups, uh, 2020 picks So we're talking center is a second-round pick or a fifth-round pick from 2020. The right guard is very inexperienced having to step in for Brandon Sheriff, who's not going to play, and then you're having a rookie at right tackle. I just feel like that offensive line – how is that offensive line going to match up and hold up to this Dallas Cowboys front four? Because what we've seen now is that they are fully healthy. And in that game a couple of weeks back, that's when that defensive front came back together. With Lawrence was there, Gregory was there, and Parsons has been playing all over the field, doing everything and anything you could ask of the rookie linebacker. I just don't know how Washington is going to sustain drives. I honestly don't know how they're going to keep Tyler Haneke out upright in this game he wasn't upright for four quarters in that round one matchup brady i don't know if he's going to survive this matchup here either and how is he going to lean on the running game? Antonio Gibson will be active tonight. He is going to start. He will play, but he's dealing with a turf toe injury. How does that turf toe hold up on the turf at Dallas, especially at that defensive front behind a very inexperienced Washington offensive line? Uh, I, I can only go Dallas here. I'm not going to lay that 10 and a half since we've missed the best number. I've missed the best number to that respect. I don't want to get involved in the total because I don't want to see if we might have some garbage points come second half, kind of similar to what we saw in the first matchup, Brady. So I'm digging into the the player prop market, I've had a really good day with quarterback player props, and that's where I'm going again. I'm going to bet against human achievement, and that would be against Taylor Heineke to be able to throw over his total yardage. His yardage is sitting at 223.5. I'm going to bet that to go under. He didn't come anywhere close to that in the first matchup. Actually, he hasn't thrown for more than 223 yards in his last four starts as a quarterback. This is a really bad matchup for the passing offense for Washington. That's the only play that I've made so far. Again, Heineke under his passing yards, 223.5.
5: What about the total in the game, James? We've seen that Dallas offense. You remember at the beginning of the season, they had all kinds of fireworks going on on offense, and the defense was a question mark, and it's really uh, flipped roles there. The defense has really come up big in the last handful of weeks, and the offense has really started to sputter uh, if you're thinking Heineke is not going to have a real productive evening, and if that Dallas offense is continuing, is going to continue to be stagnant, uh, could you see
6: going under 46 or 46 and a half here? Actually, Brady, I think I'm going to look at the total for the first half instead of the full game. If this game starts to get away and indicative of what the tur- current spread is sitting at 10, 10 and a half. I just think for the Washington football team, over the course of 60 minutes, they are really thin. That defense is really thin. We mentioned all the injuries to the linebacker position, as well as key players in that secondary. A lot of backups. You're talking about a rotation that you're going to have to start to fill. I know they've gotten a little bit healthier on the off on the defensive line, but they're still missing two of their best pass rushers out for the season. So it's just this defense doesn't have the depth to be able, I think, to sustain against that Cowboys attack for four quarters. They'll come and bring the energy early, and I think we'll probably see a pretty conservative game plan out of the Washington football team in that first half if they start to fall behind, which I suspect they will. Over the course of four quarters, can they keep up? Will we see some garbage action? That's what I'm leery of playing the, the entire four quarters for that total sitting at 46, 46 and a half. But the more we talk about it, this is kind of how we do our Sundays, right, Brady? We discuss it, <laughs> we break it down, we analyze it. I'm already on the key passing yards. I'm going to play the under as well. In that first half only sitting at 23 and a half, it is juiced to $1.15. I'll lay the extra five cents, play the under 23 and a half total.
5: Maybe there will be an opportunity, James, to go in game and look towards over the total. I talked about the uh, offensive woes for the Dallas Cowboys in the last handful of weeks. But you look at their opponent this week, the Washington football team. 24th in the league in yards per play allowed on defense at 5.7 yards per play. They are 31st in the league in defending third down conversions. Uh, You remember, they've really been there all season long, just under 50% now. They are surrendering third down conversions for the opponent. And then 29th in the NFL in defensive passer rating. So maybe it seems like we've been waiting for a few weeks now for this Dallas offense to find its stride again. Maybe it's tonight, and, and if you're looking at first half under maybe you keep a, a few bullets in your back pocket to go second half over
6: second half especially with the depth or the lack of depth we're going to talk about rotational depth for that Washington football team defense and I think that this a matter of that defense I feel like is going to be on the field a lot as well so not only are they thin at a number of spots defensively how is Washington going to sustain drives? Antonio Gibson is really their best. I mean, I, I love McLaren as the receiver, but he needs to get he needs help getting the ball to them. That's got to come from Heineke, and Heineke's got to stay upright behind a very inexperienced right side of that offensive line and center position as well, and not going to be able to run the football if gibson is really going to be he's nowhere close to 100 i think he's just suspect he's just gutting it out he knows it's a huge game the the season the opportunity to get into the playoffs is on the line tonight with a win so yeah i think as far as that second half is concerned does it turn potentially into garbage time maybe maybe not depending on how many points dallas scores in that first half but i think just the the wear and tear and i think that the, the lack of depth for Washington starts to show out over in come second half and maybe we'll start to see less of a pass rush coming into that backfield for Dallas and then Prescott starts to find himself in particular in that second half.
5: Well if you remember uh, round one in this division matchup just a couple of weeks ago Dallas really jumped on Washington early and did it by way of their defense and then it was in the second half when Washington came back And actually had a chance to win that game late. Had a pick six of Dak Prescott late in that game. So, you know, maybe there's an opportunity there as far as the total. If Dallas does jump out on this one again in the first half and tends to take their foot off the gas in the second half, maybe they give Washington some opportunities there. Here's a few trends for you here. Dallas Cowboys quarterback Dak Prescott has been very successful against the Washington football team 8 and 1 straight up 7 and 2 against the spread versus Washington 14 touchdown passes versus just 3 interceptions Dallas also 10 and 2 against the spread in its last 12 division home games but just 2 and 6 in their last eight games as a home favorite of eight or more points. And currently they are a 10 point favorite here today. And that's the one part I worry about. I just don't know, again, what we've seen out of the Dallas offense as of late, James, even though their opponent uh, is not very good defensively. When you look at the stats, uh, you just wonder if Dallas is going to be able to blow this team
6: out or maybe Washington can stay inside double digits. Well, and I think part of the problem for Washington once, or for the Dallas Cowboys offense, when Dak came back from his calf injury, I don't think he was fully 100% neither were the running back situation and the offensive lines had a lot of injuries and juggled around too. Again, tonight, Tyron Smith will not be at left tackle for the Dallas Cowboys up front, but the rest of that offensive line is back intact tonight. And I think now Prescott's had more time to get healthy. This offensive line is healthy. Ezekiel has been dealing with a knee injury. We know Pollard was banged up with a foot injury. These guys are good to go. They weren't limited in practice at all this past week. So they're going to be ready to get after it. And I think, I think they're going to be able to run the football and anytime you can run the The football takes so much pressure off that quarterback and that passing attack to be able to run your play action sets the way that you want to do. And I think that's where, as the game progresses, Prescott will have some of those opportunities and the fact that I just feel like this is a really tough spot for Washington to have to back-to-back travel on that short week from a grueling game, very physical game, beat down against Philadelphia, rush the football at them for four quarters, and now you're going to have to face that type of mentality here for the Dallas Cowboys. I think, yes, you talk about the in-game opportunities. I think that's where we might be able to find, maybe find a better line for the Cowboys as this game in the first half because I think that's where Washington really just gets, just gets worn out in that second half, and that's where Dallas Cruz is in the second half.
5: James, real quick here. Any chance that Dallas maybe uh, just relaxes slightly knowing that they've clinched the division here,
6: the NFC East? Nice nah, Sunday night football at home against division rival Washington football team if you do then there's a lack of leadership and lack of professionalism on that team I suspect they're going to want to get after it and bury Washington tonight all right next up we preview
5: the Monday nighter going down in New Orleans the Dolphins and the Saints we'll keep a look at Sunday night football throughout the program stick with us it's the pro football blitz at VSN.
2: Check out
5: Point Game with John Wall and CJ Toledano on the iHeartRadio app, DraftKings YouTube, or wherever you get
2: your podcasts. It wasn't even supposed to be my name, That's my game, bro. <laughs>
1: <laughs> There's plenty to celebrate in March and... Ex- Craft Month with the perfect pizza at home class from Craftsy. And anytime is right to listen to iHeartRadio's Country Radio. Discover more shows and movies for free.
4: This is the Pro Football Blitz with Brady Cannon and
2: James Salinas on VSAN, the Sports Betting Network.
5: Sign up for a PlayCard Debit MasterCard and get paid faster than a paper check with direct deposit. Always be ready to roll with PlayCard. Visit PlayCard.com today to apply. Subject to card activation and ID verification. Terms and costs apply. Card issued by Metabank, and a member FDIC. Welcome back to the Pro Football Blitz. Brady Cannon and James Salinas with you getting ready for Sunday night football. And we also want to preview the Monday nighter going down in the Big Easy. It'll be the Miami Dolphins visiting the a New Orleans Saints. Miami has won six games in a row, and they are knocking on the door of the AFC playoff picture, as other New Orleans Saints still not eliminated in the NFC. And they got a big boost today with the Minnesota Vikings. Falling to the Los Angeles Rams. We want to cover the Dolphins side of things with Alan Poupart here. He covers the Miami Dolphins for Sports Illustrated and also Finns Digest. Uh, Do we have Mr. Poupart on the line, gentlemen? No. Okay, all right, James, then uh, let's get into uh, the New Orleans Saints for just a minute here. Of course, they were helped by the uh, Minnesota Vikings falling today. Minnesota now drops to 7-8, and eight. so the Saints uh, have new life as far as playoff hopes in the NFC. Uh, But they've got a tough task coming up here on Monday night. They will not have Taysom Hill at quarterback, nor will they have Trevor Simeon. Obviously, Jameis Winston lost for the season. So it's the fourth stringer. Ian Book, the rookie out of Notre Dame, to get the start at quarterback for New Orleans. Uh, You know, a lot of times when we see a line flip so much like this, and we've seen it throughout this entire NFL season in 2021 – Oftentimes the the team that the money goes against, in this case the New Orleans Saints, comes out victorious. Do you think they have enough to get it done over the Red Hot Dolphins?
6: Absolutely. You mentioned Red Hot Dolphins, but let's take a look and really consider what miami has done yes they've won they they they've been on that hot streak they have been they've won 6 in a row but they've had a very favorable schedule they've played they've had 5 out of those 6 games were it was really interesting schedule quirk here the fact that yes they've won those 6 in a row but they've played 5 out of those 6 games at home and they've, gotten, they've had the benefit of playing the New York Jets twice, the Giants, the Carolina Panthers, the Houston Texans. The one tough game that they had was the Baltimore Ravens, and we saw that was on a short week with the, a shorthanded Ravens team having to travel on Thursday night. So, I, I, yes, they are red hot, but I think we have to really temper that expectation with the Miami Dolphins now going on the road finally to face a, a tough opponent here in New Orleans.
5: All right, Alan Poopart now does join us. He covers the Miami Dolphins for Sports Illustrated and also the Finns Digest. Alan, thank you so much for joining us on the Pro Football Blitz and Before we dive in further into the Monday night game going on in New Orleans between the Dolphins and the Saints, I want to ask you about Sunday night football kicking off here momentarily in Dallas between the Cowboys and the Washington football team. If you have an opinion here, you've got the Dallas Cowboys as 10-point favorites with a total of 46. How do you see this one playing out tonight?
4: My main opinion, well, first of all, how you doing, fellas? My main opinion about the game tonight is it should have been flexed out. Understanding why it wasn't, because the Cowboys draw like crazy, but this is really not a good matchup. I um, have a hard time seeing Washington staying really close in this game. Uh, the Cowboys are still in play for maybe a shot at the top seed in the NFC playoffs, so they do have a lot to play for, even though they clinch the playoffs, spot, they clinch the division title. Um, yeah, this game to me has blowout blow no all, all over it, even with Tyler Heineke being back at quarterback for Washington.
5: All right, let's move on to Monday night, and that'll wrap up Week 16 in the NFL. James and I were just talking about the New Orleans Saints got a good break today with the Minnesota Vikings losing at home to the Rams. They're at 7-7 seven and seven on the year and not out of the playoffs in the NFC just yet, nor are the Red Hot Miami Dolphins winners of six straight Uh, But, of course, we've seen this game change quite a bit from an odds perspective. New Orleans was made a three or three-and-a-half-point favorite, but now Ian Book will get the start at quarterback, the rookie, for New Orleans. And now Miami is in the role of a favorite on the road, and that is kind of unfamiliar territory. As successful as this team has been, you wonder if they can handle that label in the role of a road favorite at New Orleans, a tough spot to play. How do you see this one playing out on Monday night, Alan?
4: Yeah, the thing that really stands out to me is how low scoring this game is going to be. Uh, I would I would suspect because uh, as I heard your colleague mention, and he's completely right, that the Dolphins' six-game winning streak is very impressive. But we have to be honest and look at who they defeated. And again, as mentioned, it was Houston, the Jets, twice the New York Giants, Carolina, and Baltimore on a short Thursday night. Um, so the the reality is we just we still don't know just how good that Dolphin team is, and I think the question marks are a lot more on the offensive side of the ball where what they've done is basically played fairly conservative and complimentary ball to set up their defense, which has been absolutely lights out. Um, so that's why I'm expecting, and even though the Saints have a lot of COVID issues on defense with uh, Malcolm Jenkins and Mario Davis, and I saw Quan Alexander added to the list on Sunday, uh, I still would suspect that the Dolphins would not have their way offensively. But on the flip side, I can't see Ian Book doing a whole lot of damage against the Dolphin defense the way he's been playing lately. So I would suspect it's going to be a very low scoring game with maybe a turnover here or there ending up making a difference.
6: Alan, so let's talk about the matchups. And anytime I start looking at games, I'm going to start right at the line of scrimmage. And I think we'll start with the Miami offense. That offensive line now having to go on and tr- on the road and travel. Yes, they've had the benefit of playing in Miami for quite a while. We know that environment, what it's going to be like there in the Superdome in favor of the Saints. This offensive line, it's a very young offensive line, and it's it in my opinion, it's one of it's it's a very inexperienced and one of the the weakest offensive lines that we'll see in the National Football League. And the one thing that we know from the New Orleans Saints. We saw it last week on Sunday Night Football. That front four got after it, and they got after Tom Brady, who never gets touched. What is Tua going to look like tomorrow behind that offensive line, and how is that offensive line going to match up with that front from New Orleans and their fierce pass rush?
4: Yeah, that's a great question, and that's one of the key matchups from the Dolphins standpoint. What the Dolphins have done to help out their offensive line, which, as you mentioned, and very fairly so, is not a great unit uh, but what the Dolphins have done is they've done they've gone to a lot of quick passing. You're going to see an awful lot of quick two-step throws, a quick slant over the middle, a quick out, uh, and that's helped minimize the pressure on the offensive line, which has played a little bit better in recent weeks. But again, we have to go back to the level of competition they faced. Uh, Carolina came in with an early highly ranked defense, but outside of that uh just chance those types of teams that were not really really good defenses and the dolphins have taken advantage of that now the, the the running game is coming off a huge performance against the jets last sunday but again the jets are 31st in the 30 second in the nfl in, in run defense so this is quite a challenge and one of the, one of the big question marks for the dolphins even though they won six in, six in a row is again how good are they, and that certainly applies to their offensive line. Can it hold up against a quality front four like what the Saints have? Um, and there's certainly reason to be concerned if you're if you're from looking at it from the Miami standpoint.
5: Alan, the New Orleans Saints seem to put so much effort and quite successfully when they take on the Tampa Bay Buccaneers. They really have owned that team in the regular season. But they have tend to let down in the follow-up game. In week one of 2020, they beat Tampa Bay. And then the follow-up week, they lost to the Las Vegas Raiders as favorites. They beat Tampa Bay earlier this year. And then the following week, again, as favorites, lost outright to the Atlanta Falcons. And here they are in that follow-up game off of a huge effort over the Tampa Bay Buccaneers. Do you think they stubbed their toe and Miami gets their seventh win in a row on Monday night?
4: Yeah, and that's a tough one to call, and I think the fact that the State, like the Dolphins, basically have very no margin for error if they hope to make the playoffs. Uh, maybe the issue of a letdown isn't really so much there this year as it was last year, maybe earlier this season, for the Saints from the Dolphins' standpoint. Uh, if you know Brian Flores and the way he operates, I mean, their their single-minded focus is really remarkable, and... You hear the same lines over and over again from the players and the coaches every week, one game at a time, one play at a time, one practice at a time. And while it's really boring for us in the media, you watch how they play, and it really, really very seldom varies from week to week. Um, So having said that, I, I think this is a game where the Dolphins certainly could have some problems offensively. I just have a very, very difficult time seeing Ian Book doing a whole lot against that Dolphin defense, which is going to throw a whole lot at him like they've done to every other quarterback they've faced.
5: All right, Alan, thank you so much. We appreciate it, and enjoy the big game on Monday night. Sounds good. Thanks for having me. All right, that is Alan Poopart. You can check out his work in Sports Illustrated. Also covers the Miami Dolphins for the Finns Digest. And what do you think about that, James? It's, it's an interesting trend that I think makes a lot of sense. New Orleans, in that follow-up game off of Tampa Bay games, has not been successful because it seems they put so much energy into beating Tampa Bay.
6: And they do, and they know that, especially now that this year, they were the, de- the defending Super Bowl champions and were able to sweep them this season. Yeah, maybe a bit of a letdown, but here you're fighting for the playoffs too and having to rally around the rookie quarterback in his first start with in Book. I think we'll see a great effort out of the Saints collectively.
5: All right, coming up next, consider it, book it, or drop it on the Pro Football Blitz right here at V-CIN, v Sin the Sports Betting Network.
2: with PlayCard, the card for real players. Manage all your funds, winnings, and spending from one hassle-free and separate spending account. Keep track of your success with the PlayCard mobile app. Transfer money between debit cards in minutes. Defund your gaming fun and get back to the action. Cash out winnings and use your PlayCard to spend your winnings anywhere Debit MasterCard is accepted. This is the Pro Football Blitz with Brady Cannon and James Salinas on v the Sports Betting Network.
5: Welcome back into the Pro Football Blitz Sunday night football. Off to a good start if you played the first half under Mr. Salinas like you did, 0-0, still no score. The Dallas Cowboys get the ball first on offense. They get one first down, but then they are forced to punt. They were facing third and 16. They completed a pass over the middle, the receiver knew he was not going to get the first down, so he decides to lateral it to Amari Cooper, who drops it. He's able to recover it and scramble around a little bit, but uh, nearly turned the ball over. Lucky for the Dallas Cowboys, they did not. Ultimately, they end up putting it to Washington, and the Washington football team will start on offense for the first time in this ball game. Still about 11 and a half minutes left in the first quarter Dallas still a nine and a half point favorite in the live market make that an eight and a half point favorite now and your total drops to 43 and a half all right time to play America's favorite game show consider it book it or drop it Well, James, I believe uh, just as we went to the game show there, Tyler Haneke's first pass of the ball game was an interception. Trayvon Diggs, I think that's interception number 11 indeed. Trayvon Diggs grabs it on the first play from scrimmage on offense for the Washington football team. So Dallas gets the ball once again, their second attempt on offense, and your in-game number moves back to 9.5 in favor of Dallas, your total still at 43 and a half okay to the game show and we're going to go back to individual player awards here we would had been looking at teams to win the division win the super bowl the last few times i will read off a player's stat sheet james will try and guess who the mystery player is i will reveal it and then we will decide if we want to consider Book or drop making a bet on this particular player. All right, player number one for the MVP of the league. They clinched a playoff berth earlier today with a win. This player has thrown for 4,339 total yards, 36 touchdowns, and 13 interceptions. In his first year with his new team, he has met expectations as they retake first place in the NFC West with the final two weeks coming up on the season. Earlier this afternoon, he was ten to one to win the MVP. New team took control in the NFC West. That would be Matthew Stafford. Matthew Stafford indeed. And another good game out of Matthew Stafford today. He did have a couple of turnovers. Uh I, I think maybe the the competition ahead of him is just too stiff to consider a bet on Matthew Stafford.
3: Yeah,
6: I drop it. And he had three interceptions today, I believe, and a couple crucial ones in that second half that allowed the Minnesota Vikings to get back into that game. And it felt like the Rams really were controlling that game in the first half. Those interceptions were crucial in that second half. And as far as Stafford going over there, got to keep in mind, too, they were missing the left side of their offensive line today due to COVID, so there were some issues there. But we've seen some issues with pass protection from that Rams f- front throughout the season, and Stafford is not one that's really going to be extending plays outside the pocket unless they're design plays. And, yeah, I mean, he's been able to to maintain. They put up some big numbers, thanks Cooper Cup, who's constantly feels like he's running around every opponent's secondary wide open. I wonder what it would look like if there was no Cooper Cup on that team. Um, but as far as Stafford's concerned, yeah, he's made a big difference going over there and not having Jared Goff there. But he's going to have to play a lot better than what he has, and I didn't see that out of him today. There's definitely not an MVP caliber performance by any means today in Minnesota, even though they did get the win. I'm going to drop it. I'm not going to buy on, on Stafford to win MVP.
5: Yeah, I'm right there with you. I think these next players that we're going to cover in the game show here would get my money before Stafford. Player number two, uh, he is leading the league in rushing attempts with just under 300. He has a total of 1,626 yards rushing, 17 touchdowns. Those all rank first in the NFL his team fighting to stay in the playoff picture the team has really started to revolve around this guy and he's starting to surface as a dark horse to win MVP earlier today this afternoon he was all the way down to five to one
6: wow Jonathan Taylor Jonathan Taylor
5: indeed yeah and what a dominant running back he has become just over the last
6: six eight weeks well, and, and just yesterday against Arizona, that offensive line in the middle, missing both guards and their center, Still had, and they were really taking the ball. They've really taken the ball out of Carson Wentz's hands. That's what's been leading to a lot of these wins for the Indianapolis Colts and falling on the shoulders for Jonathan Taylor. Even when he doesn't have his great offensive line fully intact, he's still going to go over over 100 yards, which he did last night. And just the workhorse that he is, I, I definitely would consider. I guess the only thing about considering that is I wish I would have considered that quite a while ago when I'm sure you talked about his number was at 5-1. to one? I wonder where it was a month ago or so. I'm sure it might have been 25 or maybe even more to 1.
5: Yeah, in last year's uh, Vison Pro Football Betting Guide, I picked him to lead the league in rushing. I guess I was a year too early. And it's also helped his cause that his uh, division rival there, Derrick Henry, has been out of the lineup for the Titans for a while. I... I... You know, uh, again, they don't often award uh, give this award to running backs. It usually goes to a quarterback, and 5-1's to gotten awful short. Like you say, James, if we would have maybe bought in on Jonathan Taylor a month ago or so, maybe we'd have a lot better ticket. But uh, let's get to player number three here, who is certainly a contender. He led his team to a playoff spot, clinching their division today. He has thrown for nearly 4,600 yards, 37 touchdowns, and only 11 interceptions. They're looking to repeat their actions from last year as Super Bowl champion and they are fighting for a first round bye in the playoffs as of this afternoon this player was four to one
6: to win MVP obviously repeating as Super Bowl champions would be the Tom Brady led Buccaneers
5: Tom Brady indeed and uh, you know I think there's something to be said about the sentimental vote for Brady as well Uh, Of course, Aaron Rodgers, uh, probably the front runner right now for this award. But, you know, do some of those voters give it to Tom Brady at 44 years old, able to do what he's doing once again?
6: you know i would have thought i was thinking that earlier in the season especially when he was having this tremendous season that he that he had had up to that point these couple games that they have played against the new orleans saints and we saw that last week where they got shut out and the 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 hits the the lack of it. i know he got a number of players a number of his targets were hurt during that game and didn't have his full complement of weapons but nobody does at this point have a, a full complement of weapons and I don't know. I feel like with Tom Brady, yeah, the sentimental vote might be there. But, you know, it, it maybe this year's different. Maybe this is a year where it doesn't want to have to be the same kind of standard. It always goes to the quarterback. Here's the sentimental pick with Tom Brady. He's had enough awards as it is. And to me, the most valuable player, we talked about it in, in the previous answer. Uh, the previous question was with Jonathan Taylor. I'd rather take Jonathan Taylor right now than I would with Tom Brady. Yep, I think that's a pretty good call. Uh, All right, player number
5: four here. They have clinched their division, and now they're fighting to remain as the number one playoff seed in the NFC. This player has thrown for almost 3,700 yards, 33 touchdowns, and just four interceptions on the season. As of earlier today, he was a minus number to win the MVP, a heavy favorite at minus 150.
6: (laughs) Yeah, Obviously, it would be that would be Aaron Rodgers of the Green Bay Packers.
5: Yeah, and, and you know, aside from this conversation, I mean, I, I don't want to bet him at minus 150. I think he certainly is a huge favorite at this point and, and deserves it. But look, have you seen some of the passes this guy has thrown this year? I mean, he is threading the smallest of needles. His accuracy has really blown me away this year. It This year specifically, I know he's always been great,
6: but boy, has he been on fire in 2021. Ah, tremendous. And he's throwing, he's throwing with, the, he's doing it off a bad foot. He's got a broken toe. So, and we we saw that. We saw that yesterday. It got rolled on. It got stepped on. So, he was ha- hampering. You know, he's, he's limping around with it, and he's still being able to make these kind of not so much sidearm throws. He's not doing some of the throws that we see out of Mahomes. But as far as his accuracy is concerned, absolutely. I mean, it's he makes it look easy. The game looks like, you know, we know how fast the game is on the field in the NFL. He makes it look like it's going 100 miles an hour for everybody else, and it's going five miles an hour for Aaron Rodgers. He just sees everything before it, before it happens. he's he's playing at his best level that we I think we've seen him yeah we've missed the best number I'm not going to lay a plus price or a minus price on that to for for Aaron Rodgers to win the MVP but I mean at this point here how could you not even I mean you'd have to consider it just as far as the bets concerned because they still need to win and they're looking to play that number one seed like you said they want to make sure that the playoffs go through Lambeau Field to get to the Super Bowl and obviously Aaron Rodgers is going to lead the way
5: James, is there something to consider with Jonathan Taylor at 5-1? to one? Because they're probably going to have to play all 17 games uh, fighting for their playoff lives, the Indianapolis Colts, whereas Aaron Rodgers could
6: sit out. I wonder whether it's MVP or even Offensive Player of the Year. Take a look in that market and see what where you might get the better price. Because I think it's going to be Aaron Rodgers is going to get the MVP. But can you? does that mean he also gets Offensive Player of the Year? Who's a better offensive player of the year right now than Jonathan Taylor? We have a new prop
5: tracker now available at vcin.com for you to keep up with key NFL props. Head to vcin.com to get current odds as well as the movement each week to follow the trends and find the best value. Track the odds for MVP, head coach, rookie of the year, and more. Check out the prop tracker, betting splits, key trends, and matchup data for every game. It's all available right now. At vsin.com slash NFL. Brady Cannon and James Salinas with you, just getting started here in the Pro Football Blitz. We'll update you on Sunday Night Football when we come back and wrap up hour number one right here on vsin, the Sports Betting Network.
0: Zigazoo has made me zigzag.
1: Craft Month with the perfect pizza at home class from Craftsy. And anytime is right to listen to iHeartRadio's iHeartCountry Radio. Discover more shows and movies for free. This is the Pro
4: Football Blitz with Brady Cannon and James Salinas on VSAN, the Sports Betting Network.
5: If you missed any part of our show or anything on the VSIN schedule today, don't forget to check out our free sports betting podcasts. Catch replays of all of our shows or download and listen on your schedule. Go to vsin.com slash podcasts and get Beating the Book with Gil Alexander or Market Insights with Josh Applebaum. Plus, we've got Hardwood Handicappers, The Lombardi Line, Follow the Money, Coast to Coast Hoops, and many more. They're all for free and available now at vsin.com slash podcasts or wherever you get your podcasts. Sunday night football underway, and there is a score on the board. The Dallas Cowboys strike first with a touchdown. Just about seven minutes left in the first quarter. Taylor Heineke and the Washington football team forced to punt and give the ball back to big D seven to nothing right now in favor of the Cowboys. And they have jumped all the way to 14 and a half point favorites in the live market. Your total right where we closed prior to kickoff at 46 and a half James. And uh, it is playing out a little bit like you alluded to in our preview of this game at the top of the program that makeshift offensive line for the Washington football team, really not able to protect Taylor Heineke. He's seeing a ton of pressure right now and has no time to throw.
6: They couldn't do it in the first round, and that was when their offensive line was fully healthy. Now you're having that right side from the center, right guard and right tackle, very inexperienced on that side of the field. Having a stand-up against this pass rush here and with no threat of the run, that's the biggest thing. Yeah, with, with how long is Gibson going to be able to go and stand up into this game? He's rushed the ball once for six yards, but they've gone to throw the football. It's been Heineke one of five for just 14 yards passing the ball. His first attempt, let's go over the top and man coverage, not open, but forced it and threw it out there. First pass was intercepted, so... Yeah, for Heineke, and he's been hit three times. He's had five dropbacks. He's been tagged three times. It's only going to get worse. He's going to start seeing, having flashbacks and PTSD from that game two weeks ago against the Cowboys, man, because they really laid a lick on him, and that's exactly what's continuing here in this matchup tonight.
5: Yeah, they're going to have to get Antonio Gibson going if they're going to uh, be able to keep any pressure off of Heineke. All right, the Tampa Bay Buccaneers—they were in Carolina trying to clinch the NFC South division. They were coming off of that shutout loss to the New Orleans Saints last week. Tampa Bay saw some money later there, or earlier this morning, rather, and closed as ten and a half point road favorites with a total of 44 and this game was close for a short time and then in a blink of an eye it was not seven to three the buccaneers led after the first quarter 25 to three the rest of the way it was tampa bay all day long in carolina 32 to six your final bucks cover the big number and this game stays under the total tampa bay is your nfc south
6: division champion james and no surprise there thinking about where that's where that division is and what it was looking like coming into the season new orleans is going to be the only competitive team and they don't have a quarterback going into this season but that's the only team that's been able to handle the buccaneers within that division so we knew it was going to be at some point when that division for the tampa bay buccaneers and really didn't have to do too much offensively tom brady 18 of 30 yards passing or uh, 18 of 30 yards throwing for 232 yards just one touchdown didn't really need to do anything wasn't touched no sacks here and it 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 was all about the ineptitude, really, of the passing game for the Carolina Panthers. So, between Sam Darnold and Cam Newton out there, it was an ugly day. They completed, collectively, less than 50% of their passes, just threw for about 250 yards total, had an interception, and were sacked seven times. Some of that with the pass rush and the bad offensive line for the Carolina Panthers. Then the other piece, too. These are just quarterbacks that hold the football too long, and and they— make them make their job hard for that offensive line. It's a very suspect offensive line for the Carolina Panthers to begin with. Team, it was an ugly, game. ugly day all day for the Carolina Panthers, getting booed. There were chances of fire rule, fire Matt Rule, so what's the coaching staff going to look like? Is he going to be in a lame duck status rolling into the final couple games for the season for the Carolina Panthers? There was a number of games today, Brady, where it was really inept offense that we saw, in particular for the passing game, which this league is set up for. Every rule is set up in favor of of the offense in particular for the passing game and thinking about the Panthers you have Sam Darnold and Cam Newton these aren't some late round draft picks or some undrafted free agents these are guys Newton was the number one overall pick during his draft and Sam Darnold was picked overall number three so I think the ineptitude the talent that they have there and looking at these quarterbacks yeah, they're not the same quarterbacks. Darnold didn't have a good setup there with New, with the New York Jets, and Newton is not the same quarterback than when he was originally there with the Carolina Panthers, but no progress whatsoever. Nothing but regression for this Carolina Panthers team. And then Matt Rule's up there at his presser saying, well, I can see it. It's coming. It's coming. We're getting better. I'm sub- I know nobody else can see it, but I know I can <laughs> see it. It took Jay-Z or something seven years to come out with his hits. Well, you're not going to get seven years to coach in this league, pal. You may not even finish you're only going to probably get two well we
5: know Carolina is awful and it seems like they're getting worse every week and they just can't figure out what to do at quarterback or Matt rule can't figure it out I don't know which it is but what about Tampa Bay James were you impressed with them you know did did they look good to you like a team that can repeat as Super Bowl champ or was this really just a
6: product of who their opponent was today I think part of it's the the product of their opponent. They wanted to bounce back from getting shut out and getting completely dominated and worked by the New Orleans defensive front. And here with Carolina, I just don't think you're going to see. You're seeing now these last couple weeks of the season, you're going to see these teams that just start to, they know that they're, whether they're, these are players that might be on another team somewhere else, start playing for themselves. Maybe, hey, I'm not looking to get myself injured. I'm going to be looking for a new contract and a new roster next year. And some of these coaches, too, maybe looking for a new job. That's some of the challenge of handicapping these games late in the season, come December and now into early January, starting next week. Yeah, I think for the Bucs, it was a pretty simple game. It was really JV versus – it was the C team versus the varsity team here for the Tampa Bay Buccaneers. So I'm not going to take too much from this game and say, well, now Tampa's got themselves right. It was a point of emphasis, I think, to get Antonio Brown involved in the passing game. We know all the injuries that are there on the offensive side. Antonio Brown's first game back for over two months – You know, well, so much whatever accountability, if there was any, the the league handed out its accountability for Antonio Brown and his fake vaccination card. Guess that didn't hold the the same standard for the coaching staff when it said he wasn't available. There weren't going to be any more mistakes allowed by Brown, but now they're in a desperate mode. So I don't know. Brady, the Buccaneers, yeah, Antonio Brown had a big day, but thinking who they played and where was the effort and the, the collective competitive focus for 40 minutes or 60 minutes, that's not going to be on the Carolina Panthers. Something to consider when you're looking at Carolina these last two weeks, especially with coaches that may be on the hot seat or a lame duck status and guys looking for new teams, those are going to be bet against. All right, Jake Fromm got the start at
5: quarterback for the New York Giants in their trip to Philadelphia today to face the Eagles. Daniel Jones beat the Philadelphia Eagles uh, when he was there with the club four weeks ago, but Philly closed today without Jones in the lineup as 11-point favorites with a total of 41 and this one was close early as well James just three to three at halftime and we talked about this with that Giants defense the last couple of weeks even though this team looks really awful that defense does continue to battle but the Eagles woke up in the second half and this really turned into a route 31 to seven the rest of the way in favor of Philadelphia they end up winning it 34 to 10 as double digit favorites and it was a late Giants touchdown that put this one over the total
6: and put it over the total, but thinking about the Giants and the passing game, we just got we we're thinking about where the Panthers were in the ineptitude of their passing game. Well, the Giants are even worse, although as far as the pedigree goes the draft pedigree anyway, between the Giants quarterbacks and the quarterbacks on that Panthers roster, there's no comparison when we're talking about Mike Lennon and Jake Fromm. But Glennon, Glennon had to take over for Fromm. Fromm was awful. Six of 17 in that first half for 25 yards passing in and in an interception. And then Glennon wasn't much better. He completed 17 passes for 93 yards. Both these guys are basically just throwing it underhand, trying to get it as quickly across the line of scrimmage and out of their hands before the pass rush came. And then the Eagles, that's what was going to happen. It just puts so much pressure on the Giants' defense when they're constantly on the field because their offense can't sustain drives, and you're going to play a team like the Philadelphia Eagles they did not rush the ball as well as what they had previously but they committed to rushing the ball like they normally do they had 30 carries again today for 130 yards that's been the mantra for this team going forward offensively winning football games the way that they have in the second half of the season and it starts to wear down opponents that's kind of what I suspected here was in that second half you would start to see a Giants defense just getting worn down because of the ineptitude of the offensive side and Philly Philly's really commitment to keep pounding and grounding and pounding the football at you, it starts to wear these teams down. So where are the Giants going to go from here? They're going to be looking ahead to next season, obviously. A couple more games to play within their division. But Philadelphia's got an opportunity, the way that they play, and rushing the football and getting into cold weather, and it's a favorable schedule for them. They're going to play Washington next week and finish up with Dallas. I don't know if Dallas is going to need to play for anything in a couple weeks. I like where Philadelphia stands in that playoff hunt in the NFC.
5: Yeah, the Buccaneers will travel to New York to face the Jets. Tampa Bay was made an 8.5-point favorite in that one back in June when these lines were first released. The Panthers will go on the road to face the New Orleans Saints. New Orleans opened as a a 6.5-point favorite in that one back in June. Philadelphia, as you mentioned, they hit the division highway in Week 17 to face Washington. The football team opened up as a three-point favorite in that one over the summer. The Giants will travel to Chicago to take on the Bears. Chicago installed as a two-point favorite in that one back in June. We're back with more Hour number 2 of the Pro Football Blitz in just a moment.